Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello, Hello, fans and not fans out there alike. Whoever you are listening. Hello. Yes, we are back with a brand new episode of We Are Starting a Cult. It's true. That's Grant and I'm Jake and we are starting a cult. You're part of it. It's Here. true. You might not think you are, but if you're listening, that means you're a part of our story. Okay? You're sucked in, yeah. And pretty much today, see, you know, we've been doing... Actually, believe it or not, we've been having some pretty insane episodes lately, right? We've been doing... It's true. We did a lot of just weird kind of throw facts at you and listen, right? Elephant in the room. It was Ed Gein mostly that we're talking about. That was oh. fucking bonkers. Yeah, it's and there, you know, we understand, you know, we're only human. And, you know, it's it's not always fun to digest... Content after content of uh, of just monsters of yeah. people. So we thought for this episode we could have uh, you know digestion of something else. That is true. We uh, are people. Not only starting a cult, but today we are discussing the one, the only Alfred or Alfred Packer. Yeah. How about that? No, it's true. For those of you unaware, this is um, it's similar in. Almost every fashion to the story of the Donner Party, okay? Very much so, except Alfred is just the main character, and it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and, and it, it, this is it's a real accounting of something that happened in the state of Colorado. And for those of you that are, you know, movie people out there, okay? I know we are. We like movies. We like movies, yeah. Um, The movie... Uh, I couldn't speak. What? Cannibal the Musical, if you've ever seen that movie. Yeah, by the uh, South Park guys, Trey Parker and the other... Yes, uh, that was a movie about this guy. So, it's very, very, very loosely based, obviously. It's a comedy. There probably wasn't as much singing in this story we're about to tell. But, same basic principle. Uh, He was known as the uh, Colorado Cannibal. Yes, um, and for those of you that want to watch that movie, it's fun. It, it definitely is interesting. Yep, uh, it was nice product first, of trauma. It was their first real budgeted film, and yeah, then it was once it was made and sent out, Trauma bought the rights to the movie, and they uh, you know put it out there so you could check it out. 
Good it, for them. It's free on YouTube. Um, a lot of singing, a lot of jokes. And, uh, you know, if you like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they're... Matt Stone, that's the other one. They're in it. And Trey Parker plays Mr. Packer himself. So you can go out and enjoy that flick. But why don't we go into the real story? Let's go in. Okay? Into, yeah. We're going to travel super far back in time, okay? Yeah, like, like super... fucking middle of the 19th century. It's crazy. Yeah. All right, let's get this off the off the table for right now. It's Alford. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was Alfred for like all we until last night at like eleven thirty when I texted you. I was like, this guy's name is fucking Alfred. Yeah, it's like Alfred. I thought Patter. it was just consistently a mistake people were making, but no. But it's funny because when you say it fast, it's like the, it's like oh Alfred. It's like you Alfred. Just, your brain just jumps immediately to like Alfred because it's no, a name true. you can kind of understand more, I guess. Yeah. So it if it sounds like we're saying Alfred, uh, it's not what we're saying, but just know we're wrong. Yeah, it's it, Alfred. Or you're wrong for thinking that. Either way, it's Alfred. Alfred okay. Packer. So let's get into this guy, Alfred Grinner, Griner, maybe Packer. There's only one N in there. I think a Grinner would be two Ns, right? Yeah, Griner, Griner probably. Griner, Alfred Griner. Griner Packer. He was born on January 21st of 1842, way back in the fucking day. Oh, in, uh, yeah. In, uh, what is it, Algany? Not Albany, it's Algany, Algany mm-hmm. County, Pennsylvania, uh, to James Packer, who was a cabinet maker, and his wife, Esther Griner. Griner. Fuck. All right. Alfred had uh, two other siblings, and the family moved to LaGrange, Indiana, just kind of close to us, right? I'm not entirely sure, but it can't be that far. I mean, at most, I mean, you think you can get pretty much anywhere in the state within about three hours if you're fast enough. Pretty much, yeah. Or if you're, you know, driving the speed limit. Yeah. So he was born in Pennsylvania, moved out to LaGrange, Indiana. And by the early 1850s, um, uh, his father was making a decent living, able to support a family of five, uh, making his cabinets. Okay. Uh, despite the semi-comfortable living situation, Alfred, Alfred, fuck, apparently, uh, couldn't stand his parents. And by the, his early teenage years, he moved to Minnesota, and where he uh, made a living as a shoemaker. Cobbler? I feel like it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. But everyone was insisting on saying shoemaker. So, by the time, by that time, in uh, 1862, and so, you know, the Civil War was coming around. Alfred was uh, still just a young man, but like most young men at the time, uh, he enlisted in the military, right? This is kind of what you do. Oh, yeah. Uh, This would not last long, however, because it quickly became apparent that Alfred had developed epilepsy in the the recent years. It was was about every two days that he was suffering from, like, crazy seizures. Every two days. So kind of hard to hide. Uh, so, like you might think, after the military became privy to this, uh, he was honorably discharged immediately. But uh, Honorably, yeah. that's good. It is good, but good he, he was also not a very big fan of this. No, 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 no. Yeah. It didn't stop him because Alfred, uh, he went to uh, fucking Tennessee to join a, uh, he enlisted in a Union reg- Regimen in 1863, so like the next year. He was like, no, I'm back. I'm going to try it again. But uh, they found out about his epilepsy as well, and it just happened again. He was honorably discharged. Okay, it's two for two. 
100 bet a thousand right there. That's so he's beautiful. getting a lot of no's in his life so far. A lot of no's. And he'll get some more later, too. You know, he'll get some no's. Ah, <laughs> yes. Yes. Maybe with an E. That All is right. good. <laughs> well, uh, after this, uh, Alfred decided to head west, living as sort of a drifter. Okay, he wandered from town to town doing various jobs. He was a hunter. He was a ranch hand. He, uh, he was a wagon teamster. He was a field worker. And he even had a short stint as a field guide. Though mm-hmm. he did very much suck at that and ended up getting lost more often than not. Mm, okay, okay. Right? So he doesn't know where he's going in life or at all in the mountains anywhere he tries to go and guide. He doesn't know. Alfred wandered uh, for like nine years. It was nine years, most of this time moving from job to job. Uh, he was losing them, uh, you know, pretty quickly. He lost most of the jobs once the epilepsy was discovered, but, uh, you know, uh, apparently the main reason he would lose jobs is because he was just kind of a dick. Yeah, he did he not... He was like an unpleasant guy to be around. He did not have a good reputation. He was very quick to anger uh, a lot it was a lot of the descriptions of him yeah very, very uh, argumentative just not a very pleasant guy the very much so like you say one thing he's like yeah well fucking no he's a contrarian yeah. you know he was selfish he was a pathological liar and Real he was dick he was also known to just steal so why would anyone want this guy around? Of course. I feel like it was a lot more prevalent in that time, though. It was kind of just like, well, you have it, and I want it. It's like, I'll just take it. And what are you going to do about it? What I'm are you going to do about it? Nothing. And then they'd like, flick your nose and walk off. No, nah, in those days, it was straight up like, we'll meet outside. Yeah, shoot your nose off and walk off. I think that's why, like, nowadays it's funny when people are like, you want to take this outside? Because back then... That meant a lot more because they would literally duel and somebody would be yeah. dead. And even like back in the early like 1900s, like if it's like take us outside, it's like cops used to let people like fight shit out and just watch to make sure it didn't get out of hand. Yeah, pretty much. But now it's like if you spit too close to a, a baby, you get the death penalty. Or something. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what how laws work. I just try to just just do my thing. Especially nowadays, that's like bioterrorism or something. Oh yeah, very much. You so. don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. No baby spitting for you guys out there because you will certainly be going to prison. I could promise you that. Yes. Yeah. Did you hear that? Always swallow. So uh, now, by this time, the it's like the eighteen seventies. Right. Oh well, yeah, we're living in the seventies. You know, Led Zeppelin's out. Uh, fucking cream. Uh, we got, you know, like, big boy burgers. Yeah, summer love is over. Uh, yeah. So, 1870s. Word began spreading throughout the country that uh, there were some riches to be found in the San Juan Mountains Ooh. of Colorado. Time for the people to go. The people to go. To the mountains. Hell yeah. This is back in the day when, like, you literally heard a rumor of just like, hey, I hear there's some things that are valuable over there. It's like, well... Family, it's been nice, but let's all leave and go find so that. We're gonna go do a three-month trek one way. Let's go. Just let's go. Let's fight dysentery. Let's just like hop in a wagon. Uh, you know, we'll do what we can. Maybe we'll pass some buffalo. We can eat those. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll be. Ba- we probably won't ever be back. But we'll just let's go on. Let's it's go to true. the new adventure. Yeah, you gotta just just throw your cares to the wind. Uh, so, uh, like with many miners and prospectors, this caught the attention of a small group of men that worked in the copper mines of Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City, Utah. Mormons abound. 
So, uh, the men were all relative strangers, but they banded together in a journey uh, to Colorado for its riches. There were about 20 of them at this point, right? So, 20 guys, they're all just like, let's do it, let's fucking do it. Uh, they decided to travel to Breckenridge and work together once they got there to find the money. The money, 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 money. money. So, it was shortly after their journey began, about 25 miles in. So, like probably like a day mm-hmm. into to this whole thing. The group happened upon Alfred Packer. Just on the road. So, Alfred wanted to join their group, yet he had no money or supplies for the trek. So, None, None at all. This guy couldn't hold the job, so he has nothing. He's just kind of hoping here. Oh, yeah. He's a hopeless uh, idiot. So... Alfred, he, he wanted to join him. He didn't have anything. But he made himself valuable in their eyes. So he told a bit of a fib, okay, uh, telling the men that he was a guide and knew the mountain pass that lay before them like the back of his fucking hand. That is a terrible lie. I've done that lie before. This is like... On the, a very small scale. It's like, oh, we're going here. I know how to get there. And when you're lying about that, you're, you're fucked. It's like you are doomed. I'm like, yeah, we're going to McDonald's. I know the one you're talking about. Let's go. And then we're in the car. I'm like, guys, here's the deal. I have no idea where this is. This is the perfect example of, like, beefing up your resume. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he had the job of a guide, but it was, like, for two months, and he got lost yeah, every time. This like, is pretty the much equivalent of nowadays. Like, you know, you graduated high school. Uh, maybe you went to a little bit of college, and you dropped out. And then on your resume, you know, you put, like, I graduated from Harvard with a law degree, and uh, I would, you know, I'm really looking to get into neuroscience. Uh, I've been going to MIT, and I'm studying that. It's like, it's like, no, you were just living in an abandoned law office outside of Harvard, and you were taking acid. Like, yeah. you, that's that's not the same and thing. Then you but get it sounds the good job, on a resume. And now you're a neurosurgeon, and it's like, all right, we have to do, we got to remove this brain tumor. And they get you in the room, and you're just kind of like, well, you're like whoopsie doodle, you know, like just oops. brains out. I hope the surgical technician knows what they're doing because I am completely oblivious. Yeah, so he did the traveling equivalent to botching a uh, brain surgery here. But we'll get to that, all right? So the group of men, uh, they were very strongly against Alfred joining their team, obviously because, you know, he seemed kind of suspicious, but also, you know, that's just another... Uh, that's just making the fraction that they'd have to split their riches with, you know, smaller for them individually. They didn't want them. They were just like, you know what, fuck you. But they were completely unfamiliar with the terrain, and they reluctantly agreed to let him tag along. So he's with them. He's the 21st of this, uh, this group of guys. It didn't take long, however, for the men to realize that uh, they should have followed their gut instincts. Okay, yeah. so Alfred, like I said, he was just a dick. And he complained nonstop. And his seizures were slowing down the whole group. The group was not sympathetic. They were just like, this guy with his seizures, what the fuck? I feel they like hated They him. probably were sympathetic for the first maybe three or four. And then after that one, it's just kind of like, all right, dude, what are you doing out here? Like, it's, <laughs> it's this like, regular. Don't you just have a house or something? Yeah, it's like, it's this common for you to have this occur, and you're trying to show us where to go. Like, why would you sign up for this job? This exactly. is insane. Not to mention, he'd fucking always get them lost. He frequently got them lost. He yeah. quickly became resented by the entire group, and due to his antics, uh, the men soon ran out of supplies. Not okay. good. Everyone ran out of supplies. The men began surviving on like the horse feed, like the stuff you give the horses. Uh-huh. And the horses themselves were not uh, 
you know, too far off from being the next meal. Bad situation, this traveling group of men. So it was then, on January 21st of 1874, that the group came across the encampment of a Ute Indian uh, tribe led by Chief Aure. 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 Aure, Aure, Aure. Basically. So luckily uh, for the the desperate group of miners, because they didn't know if they were like friendly or not, Right, they're just like, well, we have nothing. We have to ask the natives for, for help. But luckily, Aure was known in the Montrose, Colorado, as White Man's Friend. That oh. was that was his nickname. That's an interesting name. It is an interesting nickname. I guess he was just nice. So that's good. Uh, yeah. So he fed the chief, fed the group, and housed them, strongly urging them not to continue on their journey until spring, when the mountains and trails wouldn't be caked in ice and snow. You know, it's probably good advice. That's probably the smartest bet I've ever heard. They're like, "Hey, here's the deal. You guys don't know what the fuck you're doing, so why don't we wait until it's a little less deadly?" Yep. No, it's probably good advice. Most of the men in the group took the advice, but eleven of them, one of them being Alfred. Uh, insisted on continuing out of fear of losing their chance for riches. They had to state their claim, you know? Mm-hmm. They had to get that fucking gold. That makes sense. Uh, so Chief Aure, uh, he realized that the the men couldn't be reasoned with, and he suggested that they at least follow the fucking river rather than subjecting themselves to the harshness of the mountain that no ute in their right mind would ever attempt uh, to, to best, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. No, right, so... Uh, and so Alfred and his now ten companions, so it's about split in half, about ten companions set off uh, into the harsh winter with food graciously supplied by Alray, uh, while the rest of the men chose to take Alray up on the offer to let them stay with the Utes for the winter until spring. Hell, I would stay. Isn't that badass? You're just like, you can stay with us for like a couple months. I would 100% stay. Without question, I would stay. It would be amazing. Uh, so once the group, uh, you know, once the, the remaining group departed from the encampment, Alfred suggested that they just directly disobey the chief's suggestions and continue through the mountains, claiming that it was a more direct route. Probably it's right. It's like, I mean, it's more direct, but there's a mountain there. Yeah. So you it, know, if it was flat land, I'd agree, but... It's direct, but I guess then, in all... Rationale, like if you go around that mountain, think of the time that that adds. Yeah, fucking, you know, you're 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 on an adventure. Make it make it an adventure. Yeah, I guess make but it not an like purposely to the max. Yeah, don't make it like purposefully deadly. Yeah, you know, that's it's fair. just like right, I'm just gonna follow the river. You can fish. You shit me. You find bears. You have that story. Oh yeah, great. Okay. okay, you got food. You can eat a bear for a couple months. Exactly. So, uh, five of the men declined Alfred's proposal, uh, yet the other five followed him into the freezing mountains. Okay, so he has split the group twice. So now it's just him and five other dudes. Yeah, he chopped it in half, and then of that half that was left, he just chopped that in half again. Yeah, yeah, he's about to chop some more stuff in half. But, uh, so the group was now down to six, and it was not truly known what occurred after the, uh, the ten, eleven people... Uh, went their separate ways. But this is where the story gets wild. Okay? Oh. 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 Okay. So, two months after this. No, two I'm months, too scared. I'm too scared. You don't want two months? I'm too scared. All right. All right. Maybe maybe two weeks. Maybe one month and four weeks and a couple days. So, more. You want more time. 
Yeah, around the same. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. All right. Well, it was two months after (laughs) after Alfred and his five companions' uh, separation from the other five men that insisted to continue their journey, that Alfred alone uh, showed up at Wait, what is it? Sagachi? Sandwich I think it's Sagachi, Colorado. Alfred just showed up there two months after he split the group. Okay. Okay. Uh, Specifically on the Los Pinos... Uh, Indian Agency. Okay? So while the men in the agency were enjoying their breakfast, Alfred busts through the door with rags on his feet in place of shoes, begging for food and shelter. So it's kind of an abrupt breakfast. Yeah, a little bit. Not very welcome to the beginning of your day. Uh, So he was quickly sat down and fed, and then he puked up the food just as quickly as he had eaten it, which he attributed to his digestion being altered due to near starvation. Yeah, that'll that'll cause the issue. I don't know. I've never been starving, luckily. Nah, I mean I've been really hungry, but never to a point where it's like you're going to die. Oh yeah, you have breakfast and it's like four thirty, and you're like, God, I haven't eaten lunch. Or yeah, you come home, and you're just like, I am fucking famished. But it it's nothing that crazy. Like I could, I really could just see like a saltine cracker and go to bed. No, you know? yeah, we have great lives. But yeah, uh, I can't complain about yeah, that. Yeah, honestly. But uh, so the men then gave him multiple shots of whiskey. So they're giving him the fucking star treatment. Okay, he's 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 wasting food, and then they're just like, "Here's a bunch of liquor." So after a bit, Alfred began his tale. Okay, so he told the men of um, of the events leading up to the group coming across Chief Alray's people. Uh, he then said that five men hired him as a guide to Breckenridge. Already a, a couple inconsistencies. A couple, just a few. Uh, just couple, a couple, from what we know to be true. That's dramatic irony. So, uh, he said that he had eventually become snowblind, and he was lagging behind his companions, who then decided that he had become a burden, and they chose to leave him behind. Okay? Just That's like t- that, super, isn't that crazy? super wicked Black Sabbath song. That's all you need to know. It's already cool. <laughs> what do you mean? They got uh, that song I mean, I Snow agree. Blind, you know? Oh. That's cool. You're right. I thought you were just saying I mean, that, yeah. that band is sick in general. I, I know like, that yeah. the snow they're referencing isn't snow, but, I mean, you know, I get it, you know? <laughs> yeah, Ozzy's a testament to that. But, uh, yeah, so, and, yeah, Alfred, you, you fucking, he was snow blind. Everyone was like, we're going to leave you behind. So Alfred claimed that a man named Israel Swan gave him a gun before the group continued on, leaving him to fend for himself. Right? So he told the man uh, that he had survived by eating roots and various small plant life uh, before arriving at Los Pinos. Los Pinos. Los Pinos. It sounds like it'd be like a really good upper middle class restaurant. Yeah. Los Pinos. Yeah, like $6 margs, you know, one of those. Yeah, like they probably have specials on like Tuesdays or something. Yeah. Margarita Mondays, maybe. Yeah. Oh, my God. Specials every day. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. But no, it's an agency, and this is crazy. Actually, something funny about Los Pinos and like that, uh, the Indian agency, apparently it was like set up by the government to, um, to like uh, teach the Ute people how to like farm and stuff. But really, it was just a way to get Ute people distracted from us, like, going on their land and trying to find gold. I was going to say, did we really think that the Utes needed our help learning how to farm? I don't think we, yeah, they like, did. Does anyone know what Thanksgiving was? Wasn't that whole premise? It's like, they taught us to farm. No, They're but like, we have to teach it? them. Oh, this, okay. This is a hammer. 
We don't need that to garden. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to the gas station. You need anything? It's like, no, but I think I'm going to go to the gas station. Do you need anything? It's, <laughs> it's like, like, oh. Oh, yeah, that was my idea. But I guess we'll both go to the gas station, you whatever. fucking weirdo. Yeah. So the men of the of Los Pinos... Pinos. Pinos. Uh, so the men found this story to be rather strange and unbelievable, mostly because Alfred's face appeared to be bloated and his physique hardly seemed malnourished. So, this guy was eating like a king. Yeah, it seemed like it. He was just, and he was puking. He's like, too much food, maybe. I don't know. Despite this, however, the men kept to themselves about these reservations for the time being. Alfred also claimed that he had, he was broke, no money, and he sold the gun that he had with him. Uh, to the justice of the peace for ten dollars, which was the equivalent to two hundred and twenty-nine today. Okay, okay. So he's got some cash now. There you go. Alfred, after spending ten days at the agency, traveled down into town. The uh, what was it? The Sagachi, Colorado. Yeah, the crazy. It sounds like a wristwatch company. It does. It also sounds like Tamagotchi. Those, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's where. Go. That's where I'm getting that. Okay. Just think of Tamagotchi, and you'll just immediately think of cannibalism. Yes. Uh. So he stayed there for ten days. He went into town into Sagachi, and uh, he was supposedly going to go back to Pennsylvania because he was like, "I'm sick of this. I'm done with all of it. I'm gonna go back to my birth state." But uh, it was while he was in town that he rented a room in a saloon called Dolan's Saloon. Dolan. Dolan. And isn't that like a, an old meme with Donald Duck? Dolan, no, you know? Oh, like Gooby, yeah. yes, or something like that. Oh, yeah, the goofy the Donald Duck looking thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's good. So the owner claimed that he had spent over $100 during his stay, which is roughly two, uh, two grand. It's like 2300 bucks today. Damn. That's insane. And he apparently only had the money for the gun. Very suspicious. Very suspicious. He had apparently even offered the owner at one point to loan him $300. That is a lot he of was, money. <laughs> he was offering to loan a business owner $300. I just have this. He's like, you, you want it? Here, I'll take it. Uh, he also spent $78 at the local supply store and then began drinking very heavily. Okay. So he was just constantly spending money. And uh, he was recounting the story to the townsfolks. And it was during this time that the townspeople began noticing that he had multiple wallets. Multiple wallets on this guy, Alfred. It's not normal unless he bought $78 worth of wallets, but that's not something you would do. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, so he had multiple wallets, and each time he would tell his story, details would change and things wouldn't line up or make sense. So that's not good. Typical... Lying behavior. Yeah. Like we said, he was like a pathological liar. He also stole. All this stuff is just lining up now. Uh, So it was then, not long after Alfred's arrival, that a man named Preston Nutter. 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 A a, uh, member of the original group that had stayed behind in the, uh, for the foolhardy journey through the mountains, right? So he was, he was with... uh, he was with the Utes, okay? The he sh- Utes. But he showed up in Los Pinos. After hearing Alfred's story, he simply just didn't believe him. And more men from the original group then showed up, and they also just did not believe his story in the least. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, uh, they went to an officer on Los Pinos, and he- the officer went in search for him in town. Right? So that was when the other guys showed up. They were like, that doesn't make any sense. He was like, I'm going to go find him. And when he found him, 
Preston and Alfred were in a heated argument that was about to get physical. Okay. Let's get physical, physical. physical. I want to get physical tonight. I don't even know if those are the right words, but I like that it's, better. I don't think it ends that way at all, but it just it worked in well, you know? Yeah, they were about to get physical, okay? Uh, about the situation, you know, they, they were just like, you're a liar. He's like, no, I'm not. I have these wallets. But anyway, uh, so that's when the officer came upon them. And the officer diffused the situation by saying that Alfred was being tasked with searching for the lost members of his party. Uh-huh. He didn't even say tasked. He was like, you're being hired. So here's a job. You can help us in this tragic story you keep telling everybody. It's so tragic. Why don't we help you? Yeah. So once the men were back at Los Pinos, they began questioning Alfred. Uh, about his story, you know, and though none of them believed him, there was no evidence to prove them correct in their suspicions. So what do you do here? Yeah, this is a tricky little scenario you find yourself in. Exactly. So what do you do? You do what any uh, white guy does. You call a meeting. Right? Yeah, that you is call a, me- a meeting. That really is a thing that we love to do is we always like meetings. Exactly. Well, let's have a meeting about that. No. Yeah. Uh, any, any yeah, what's a podcast but a meeting where we just discuss? That's a good point. You know, we just got to work some things out. Literally, like anything you do in this world, somebody always wants to call a meeting. It's like, what? Well, let's have a meeting about that. Why don't you save that for the meeting? Yeah. You know? Just bring it up at the meeting, and everything should be fine. So a meeting was called by those in charge to attempt uh, to remedy the situation somehow. But before the meeting could even start, so sans meeting... Two Ute uh, tribesmen show up to the agency with strips of dried human flesh, claiming that they found them in the wilderness. Ooh. Ooh. It's not looking good, no. That's not a good uh, defense. You know, it's like, no, I didn't do that. And they're like, we have human skin. What about this this flesh? It's like, that could be anybody's. It's like, well, we know it's not yours but we, like you don't know that the, you know the, the wilderness is huge it's not mine <laughs> it's like, we found this like uh, in the front door dude this is at your campsite he's like no it's not uh, i i loaned that campsite <laughs> to uh somebody else he looked a lot like me but he was uh he kept talking about eating skin or something no, yeah his name know. was alfred my name's alfred yeah okay, it's like so i don't know who can he see, is. i could see where the confusion would happen but well, let me help you find this guy. I know where he is. <laughs> but no, he uh, seemed to have lost his, uh, his fucking... Uh, he didn't want to lie anymore, basically. Alfred then broke down crying, swearing that he'd give a full confession. He just broke down immediately. They were like, we found some human flesh. He's like, I'll tell you everything you need to know. Like, immediately. At this point, they're like, well, what do we need to know? I don't even know what you're talking exactly. about Exactly, he's just right like, now. what the fuck? There's human meat now? I thought you were just like, you didn't have shoes. You yeah, were, like, like left we thought behind. maybe you were like stealing and stuff, but uh, what are you talking about? What, There's what are you just strips say? of a thigh. But, uh, all right, so Alfred's story changes now. Okay, so he's given the full confession. He told the Council of Men that though Chief Aure had given them food for their journey, it was not nearly enough. Uh-huh. Okay. So after several days of no food nor any wild game that they'd come across to hunt, uh, the men started to go mad with hunger, so says Alfred. Okay, I mean, that makes sense, but... Much more believable off the bat. Here's my thing, is that if you're a competent you know, expeditionist in this scenario, you would know that the food that you got wouldn't be enough. So why would, you know what I mean? Why would you continue on knowing that you don't have the resources to make it? 
unless you're planning on hunting, and this guy's just a terrible hunter, and they didn't find anything. Yeah, they didn't find anything. I could literally go anywhere. We live, we live in a place where there's not much wilderness like that, and we could find some game there's that you could kill. There's a family of eat. fucking foxes living next door to me. I could just, I could eat for days. Yeah, it's like you could literally just go outside for like an hour, and you would find something to eat. Exactly. It wouldn't be great, but you could do it. No, yeah, of course. But anyway, uh, basically, yeah, they're all going mad with hunger. They were just like, what the fuck? One day, Alfred said uh, he went to go collect firewood, only to return to the dead body of one of his companions. Again, Israel Swan. So this is that guy's a main focal point of his story every time. Okay, okay, he's coming uh, back. Yeah, so he, uh, he went to collect firewood. He was dead. Israel Swan was his name. Laid slain by an axe to the dome. Ooh. Yeah, isn't that... That's a tough one. Very horrifying. Uh, he was surrounded by the other four men. That's what he came back to. He was like, I got wood. He's like, we got a dead body. Uh, Alfred then claimed that the men butchered and uh, ate the body. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, Which kind of makes do. sense at this point. You know, he's dead already. I don't know who did it. Neither does Alfred, it seems. But you have no inclination. The guy <laughs> took a fucking axe like, to the head. You're like, I have no idea how that could have happened. Everyone's denying it. Who could it have been? But uh, so yeah, after traveling for a few more days, Alfred claimed that one of the other men, and not hit, well, that all the other men, but not him, of course, uh, killed another member of the group and repeated the process. What does that say about the process that they had in place? Because I'll tell you this. Pretty much any animal that's going to be over like a hundred pounds, you could eat for a couple of days. Obviously, yeah, you got to trim the fat. You know, you chop up the bones, get rid of the tendons and the muscles. But if you really needed to, you could eat off of that. So if you're picturing a grown man and you're eating them, correct? Yeah. A group of five people could eat that for probably about. 10 days, if not more. I'd say, too, you could survive. Like, you could feed a whole group of five people on just the bone marrow for a full day. No, exactly. You know? And you got to think, I mean, in this scenario, it, you know, we're taking this. Uh, if you really need to survive, you're probably not going to gorge. You know, you're going to eat what you have to and then save it for later. Yeah. No, but, it's, it's so true, especially you, if you're eating your buddy. How you do know? you need to, to you, you ate an entire human being in the course of, like, you know, just a couple days? Oh, shit, we need another one. It's like, what were you doing? How I'm bad? consuming were... this man, but, maintaining his power. In their defense, I'll give him a break on this one because it's like, I'm hoping that this was their first instance ever having to do anything like that. So, you know, you're going to make some mistakes. You're not going to know where to cut. Yeah, you're not going to know what you're to eat. Like, oh, I severed the fucking intestines. There's poop everywhere. This you, body's no good. We need another one. It's like you, know? you may or may not even feel some form of regret to where you're like, we can't eat the rest of this. So I'll give you a pass on this first one. Okay, the first one yeah. I, I get. Well, the first one, yeah, he died. That was Israel Swan. Then a couple days later, another guy. But Alfred wasn't a part of it, but he did eat him. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, this, Alfred said, uh, repeated until the remaining two were only he and a man named Shannon Vell. So it was down to two. You don't want to and be Shannon, in it, that group. I would guess was the one who was killing the other guys. Oh <laughs> it's yeah, just a guess. Alfred, Alfred in this story, he would you know, never, you know, he in would this never. in this version of the story. Uh, apparently, Shannon then attempted to kill Alfred by hitting him with the butt end of his rifle. That's but, a ter- why wouldn't you just shoot him? Exactly, it's, it's not a very a bad good. Way. He's, he's gone insane. He's eating people. 
Uh, but Alfred uh, avoided the attack and killed Shannon in self-defense. Okay. And then Alfred butchered Shannon, uh, taking some of his flesh for food for the rest of the trek. And it was then, when he saw the agency in the distance, uh, that he emptied his satchel of the bits of flesh and hurried to the mess hall where he was discovered. He did, however, volunteer the information that he um, he had become uh, very... Uh, he he liked it. He really liked the taste of human meat. I'm he sure. was reluctant to say this, but he volunteered it anyway, uh, saying that he particularly liked the meat around the chest. Ooh, see, that's a weird... You never really think of that, you know? Breast meat. Yeah, I guess, you know, we do eat that on chickens and stuff, but, you know, I wonder, like, if you, you know, in a, I'm I'm picturing, like, the a healthy individual, okay? Not a robustly large individual, but just, like, a healthy, you know, average person. Yeah. They're not going to have a lot of meat in that part of the body, I would imagine. You know, it's a lot of just bone. Well, that was his favorite. Maybe it was because it was so few, you know, so maybe, so little of, of quantity. Maybe it's like a delicacy. It's not like the ass where it's like there's a lot of meat on that ass. Or like the thigh, you know, it's like, mm. yeah, see, you got to go with, you got to go with the tender meats. Maybe that's like the filet. I think like on a cow, if I'm not mistaken, the filet is somewhere near the shoulder blades. I think it's actually the strip of meat in between the shoulder blades. Ooh, that sounds good. So that, yeah, maybe the back meat, that might be good, too, like, on the human, you know? Yeah. The lower back, like the tramp stamp area of the body, that might be good eating. It would be delicious, yeah. But I guess if you're hungry enough, it's probably going to taste good, especially if you haven't had food in a long time. Yeah. Well, he had a favorite, and it was the chest. But uh, can you imagine bringing up, like, just telling this story at a meeting? Another meeting? You're at a meeting at the, the, the fucking office. You're just like, it's the craziest thing. You guys are going to You know what's this. the most delicious part of the human body? You ever eat titty meat? No, I'm not talking you gotta sex. You got to try it. I'm talking... I left some out there in the wilderness. Oh, the, do you guys got them? Nice. Try that shit. I'm talking full-blown titty beef, okay? Like, no sex involved. Just eating it, eating it with a fork and knife, maybe char grill that a little bit. It'll be yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah. So that's fucking nuts. Uh, well, after hearing all of this, the men listening to Alfred's story formed a search party for the remains of the travelers, led by Alfred, which, it, just from what we've heard in this story, is not a good idea to let him lead anything. No. No, 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 no. So after two weeks with no results, the search party headed back to Los Pinos. So Alfred, however, had hidden a knife in his jacket and attempted to kill one of the officers with him. But he couldn't even do that right. Because he was thwarted before any harm was done to anybody. And he was Jesus. quickly put in jail in Sagachi. Very, yeah, very quickly. They were immediately, they were like, everything this guy said is a lie. He's going to prison. Yeah. And it was while in jail that Alfred's story changes again. Mm, yes, it's it does. okay. There's more of the story, and it's completely different. So, Alfred was now claiming that the group was, uh, was, he was leading got caught in a snowstorm and became lost. Okay? Okay. okay. Pretty reasonable. I don't know which way I'm going. So, they ran out of food and eventually boiled their shoes and ate the leather. Another thing. Pretty, yeah, that's standard for starving. (sighs) Okay, so they then continued on, starving, and made a pact with one another that if one of them fell, the others would eat them. Okay. And who do you think fell first, Grant? Everybody but Packer. 
Literally everybody. <laughs> well, it was Israel Swan yet again. Oh, uh, He was the first to fall, and his remains were eaten by the others. Okay. So this continued until, just like in the previous story, it was just Alfred Packer and Shannon Vell. And again, like in his previous story, Alfred killed Shannon in self-defense. Oh, okay. So now there's this weird pact agreement to eat one another that just arises once Alfred's in prison. I mean, I understand it. You know, like I, I've done that as a joke, like among us. It's like if we if we had to, who would we eat first? You know, it's like we do that, but it has no real meaning. Like I wouldn't actually be like, all right, well, you guys remember when we said this? Well, we voted, and we're going to eat first, okay? Like you're going down. For longevity's sake, I would say probably eat me first, right? I'd probably go me because I'm the like, biggest I'm, guy here. I'm like veal, you know. It's not like I'm walking around like you I'm, are like veal. I got that tender meat, you know. I don't move, so it's very, very succulent. I imagine. Well, I have like a hundred pounds more of meat than you do, and I want you guys to survive. Do we want quality over quantity? How about both of us? They take out, they wipe out the cult, and then that's a that's a year's worth of food. We all just kill ourselves. And we all eat all right. each other. You know, it's like we all yeah. kill ourselves and we eat each other. Let's just feed the worms. All right, on three. You guys are ready? Let's, let's do this. <laughs> all right, so that was that was the newest update of, of uh, Alfred's story, okay? Well, he's still in prison, okay? All right, he's, he's in prison. It's a story. The following August, an illustrator from the Harper's Weekly magazine had the misfortune of coming across the scene of Alfred's fallen companions. And what do you know? They were all in one location. Okay, so this directly goes against everything that he's said so far. The illustrator then sketched the scene, uh, which I'll put up on the the Instagram. He then sketched the scene before reporting the scene to local authorities. All of the men uh, were dead and somewhat butchered. However, the way that they were butchered did not reflect the desperation of a starving assailant. Hmm. Okay. Uh, None of the organs were touched. The bone marrow was unexposed, uh, and much of the flesh remained. And it was just rotting. And they were all together. It looked terrifying. Terrifying. Terrible. Apparently, after living off of the uh, tax dollars... Wait a minute. Hang on. Yeah. It was posited by local authorities that Alfred had killed the men himself uh, before the supplies ran out. But then... Trapped by the snow, Alfred did indeed run out of food, so he began butchering the bodies of his victims for the parts of them that he deemed the most delicious, which was the chest. He's a chest guy. So it's a lot of guys with their chests cut out. Chest guy. You know, he's into that. Yeah. And so this is where I screwed up. After the discovery of the horrid scene, authorities traveled to the jail wherein Alfred was being held, but they were met with an empty cell. Okay, so apparently after living off the tax dollars of the local population for so long, the uh, town had become kind of sick of him, threatening to break him out themselves for the sake of their pocketbooks. All right, all right, I get that. Which is kind of reasonable, you know. Uh, So no one knows exactly how it happened, but it's said that someone gave Alfred the keys to his own cell. Okay, okay. Pretty classic. So this is when the photos of Alfred began going up all around the country, under the word wanted, accompanied by a description of his crimes. Funny enough, people weren't as mad about the cannibalism aspect of his crimes as they were about uh, him murdering and taking people's things. Yeah, see, I get, th- cause see, I think 
it, it's along the lines of my belief. It's like when I'm dead, I can't really be mad at you for eating me. I'd just be more mad that you killed me. You know, it's like I'd be more mad about the first process, not the second domino to fall. Yeah, I mean, know? after I'm dead, it's like, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in there anymore. So, What does it matter if you eat me or not? Like, you're either going to bury me, leave me there, or eat me. I guess you might as well eat me at that Something's going to eat me. You might as it well. may as well be you, you know. I uh, Yeah, so maybe it's something like that. They're like, yeah, it's not cool, but, like, he did kill him. You know, that's shitty. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like, shit, he's gone. Uh, he, he, he got he got out of jail. So, it was about another nine years that Alfred succeeded in avoiding justice until, in 1883, an original member of the group that had set out from Salt Lake City recognized him in Wyoming Ooh. after just coming across him by chance. Isn't that where they say uh, Jim Morrison is, or is that Oregon? One of those two. Maybe they know. went to the same place. Maybe. Maybe it's the Jim same guy. It could be. You think Jim Morrison was Alfred Packer, known cannibal? I think he might have been. That <laughs> uh, makes sense. People yeah. are strange, you know. I'm not surprised he, was, he was right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Alfred Packer was promptly arrested and tried at the site of his crime. So they took him out into that field, right? Or wherever they found him. I don't know. But he was there, and he was tried for his crime. He was found guilty and scheduled to be hanged, but due to a technical error on the part of the prosecuting party... The ruling was overturned. Yep. It was just like, it was just, a, there was no dot on this eye. You know? Yeah, pretty much what I was able to ascertain, and I'm not entirely certain if the, this is the reasoning they gave was that they weren't legally allowed to give the death penalty because at this time, Colorado wasn't a state, it was just a territory. So they had no legal authority to actually give someone the death penalty. Well, that means no one had any legal authority, so just kill them. Yeah, that's why it's you a know? little it's a little mis. Like, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't really understand the uh, the logistics of how all that works. That makes me so enraged because they tried him again on five counts of manslaughter, and he was found guilty, and they carried that out. Yeah. But that was it was like forty years in prison. Yeah, they they that's where they got the forty years because it was like there's no way for them to give the death penalty because it's kind of it's it's a weird sticky spot, you know, sticky spot. Because then they're still trying to be granted statehood, and it's like that might leave like a bad mark on your record, you know, oh, okay, something like no. that. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong, but that yeah. just seems like something that might be connected there. I'm starting to see through my anger. Yeah, so I, yeah. there there were reasons that weren't just like, oh, we can't. It was like, it came from the higher-ups. It was like, Some sort nah, of, yeah. Some we could put him away, but we can't really kill him, you know? Stupid technicalities. But yeah. anyway, yeah, he was tried again for five counts of manslaughter, found guilty. He was sentenced to 40 years in prison. But he was released on parole after 18 years. Uh, and that was on February 8th of 1901. So we're into the 20th century at this point. It was largely due to a journalist at the Denver Post writing stories about him in a more favorable light than he deserved. Uh, that was, you know, it was largely due to that, that he was released so early. So, okay. what does Alfred do when he gets out? Eats and No, I'm kidding. No, he doesn't cool, eat though. another man. No, he became, he, he became a guard at the Denver Post. It's kind of like a, hey, thanks for that. He's like, thanks, you know? guys. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> he then went on to serve... A uh, short stint as a uh, a ranch hand uh, before finally passing away 
on April 23rd of 1907 at the age of 65. Yes. From what is said to have been a stroke. Yeah, what's funny is like on the the I guess the official death report just says that he died from dementia. But I was like there's Whoa. no way that that could be the like cause of death. And then the more I read into it it was like there there was complications from a stroke. But he did also have dementia, so that didn't help. Well, I mean, yeah, just piling on there. He had some health issues, but yeah, he uh, he did officially die in 1907. Yeah. He was done. Die, yeah. It was rumored that he, like, before his death, he became a vegetarian. Yes. And he was known to be, like, super charitable and, like, kids loved him and shit. It was super weird. He yeah, like people a, really kind of... Seems like he was actually rehabilitated to some degree. He changed his tune a bit. Like, how when he started, he was a dick. Like, people really loved him. Uh, they said that he would tell sort of, like, the watered-down version of his journey and kind of... You know, like what he got to experience and things like yeah, that. Yeah, leave it vague enough for you to fill in the space that he didn't want to fill, you know. Yeah, and and people really loved it because, I mean, it is. It's, I mean, this was, you know, 20-some years later. Like, it's a whole new generation, so they don't they don't know the, the history of what he did. Yeah. They just know that, you know, it's an interesting old man that had explored some crazy shit and probably saw some really wild shit. Yeah, definitely. And he's got a penchant for lying, so you know the stories were told Oh, they were probably amazing. Oh, yeah. Speaking of 20 years later, tomorrow, September 11th. Yeah. How about that? We did it. 9-10. We've done it again. You got one more day to not forget, okay? You can't forget. But I think by the basic rules... No, I could be wrong, okay? I think by basic comedy rules, it officially can become funny tomorrow. It's been hilarious I think it's reached its peak, and I think 20 years is is the period. I think we can legally... Have fun with the jokes about 9-11. Yeah. I mean, go back to our 9-11 series and you might hear some jokes in there. Oh, yeah. That was will. about two years ago. <laughs> you definitely uh, will. Well, uh, yeah. So it, it was apparently in 1989. So long time. I think it was like 115 years after Alfred supposedly killed these people. Uh, a law professor decided that he wanted to exhume the bodies of Alfred's victims to finally look at the crime scene through, like, you know, like a modern scientific lens. And the results came back that the men were indeed killed very violently, thus corroborating the suspicions of local authorities at the time. Oh, yeah. So yeah. he definitely killed these people and ate them. Uh, and he probably shouldn't have did that. But it's just some also some fun things about uh, about his legacy here. In 1968, the University of Colorado Boulder students decided to name their cafeteria grill the Alfred G. Packer Memorial Grill with the slogan, Have a Friend for Lunch. There you go. See, that's kind of fun. That's classic comedy. Exactly. Classic. Classic. Also, in 1977, the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture, Bob Berglund, uh, it's a terrible name, attempted to have the department's food service canceled for some reason. I have no idea why he wanted to cancel his own department's food, but he did. He wanted that. He wanted that. Uh, yeah. So this was stopped, however, by the General uh, Sur- the General Services Administration, and in retaliation, Berglund debuted the new name of the cafeteria as Alfred Packer Memorial Grill. All right. Saying uh, the cafeteria would serve all mankind. Okay, okay. Some more I like uh, that. That's cannibalism good. jokes. So this uh, this worked in favor of Berglund after gaining nationwide publicity. 
and both the plaque proclaiming the name and the cafeteria were removed. That makes sense. Yeah. I would also keep the just plaque, w- though, if I had it. No, yeah, definitely. But also, just one more thing. Annual Philadelphia Folk Festival. They have a dining tent named Alfred G. Packer Memorial Dining Hall serving humanity since 1874. So that's kind of fun. There you go. How right? fun. It's pretty hilarious. Cannibalism's kind of fun sometimes. Yeah, I do want to also say this is a little side note for Pete. Mitch, you'll appreciate this one. I don't know if you yeah, knew Mitch this one. Yeah, Mitch got here in it, during the episode, so Mitch is also here. Um, the band Cannibal Corpse, for those of you familiar, they dedicated their first album to Alfred Packer. Uh, and if you own the physical copy of the album or the record, if you open it on the inlay, it reads, This album is dedicated to the memory of Alfred Packer, the first American cannibal. Rest in peace. Wow. And the name of that very album is Eaten Back to Life. And it is dedicated wow. to one, the one, the only Alfred Packer. See, that's kind of fun. It is interesting. Like that. It's very on the nose with their, with their brand. I, I do. I have one more little factoid. Now, this came up later. It had no real, I mean, it, it really just kind of added to the second trial, I guess you could say, of his when he got caught again. Yeah. But um, they actually had plenty of local hunters and officials that had come out and said that they admitted that in 1874, when he was on his journey, uh, the San Juan area suffered the least amount of hunting grounds that they'd ever seen. But the particular area that he was camped in was the only place in the area where they were still hunting because it was abundant with animals. What do you know? It was a petting zoo. It was abundant with wildlife and everything. And then they actually, funny enough, um, trappers were actually brought in to kind of talk about the situation. And what they said is that he was actually given the proper information because this trail had been taken before, and it's forked off into two different directions. The direction that they went, you know, Pecker and his crew, and then the other way, and they were actually the same exact distance. Uh, There was no discrepancy and difference. It was just the fork on the other side that they didn't take was much easier. You didn't have to climb the mountain. There was a trail that you could just follow uh, and it followed, get this, it followed a stream that was abundant with fish. And they purposely told people to go that way because if they ran out of food, they could fish and they would have something to eat and drink. Yeah. So this guy just sucked at being alive. Yeah. So, so he, 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 he made people not alive so he could live. He defiantly went the other direction for reasons unknown. It might have, you know, I don't think that this guy went in with the mindset of killing people. I think he was just stubborn. And really just wanted to be right. No, like and, we said, he was just a jackass who always thought he was right. He was a contrarian. He was a liar, and he stole things. Right. And, and he was, ate people. This was all at the cost of a lot of human lives. But for those of you you know, unaware, this uh, he was truly the first American cannibal. This, that we know of, yeah. Well, yeah, the, at least the earliest one. History that remembers him, of. yeah. But... It you know it it's funny because the Downer Party obviously overshadowed this story, but uh, as far as I'm aware, in Colorado this is still like a huge historical thing that they talk about. It's a point of pride, maybe. It, I don't know. It almost is because it's like it's history, you know, and it's one of the original yeah. stories. It's kind of got that Wild West flair on it because when it took place, but it's a weird little scary macabre history lesson. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, so that is our episode on Alfred Packer. Alfred. Alfred Packer. E. Packer, Mr. G. Packer. Packer. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I I meant that. I said E. G is your I? name, Grant. I know. I said E, didn't I? Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed. Hopefully, you do not make the decisions that he made. Well, they were I mean, very if you're poor. in the right situation, they were very, very poor. Or let's just say the wrong situation. And if we can leave you with one piece of advice from this episode, if somebody is to give you the proper direction to go, listen to them. Don't follow your gut. Listen to them. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, I know a shortcut. It's like, yeah, it's through the mountains. You're going to have to eat your friend. Yeah, you have to don't kill do that. Eat him, but it's going to be fine. It's not going to be an issue. Yeah. Well, maybe you don't like your friends anymore. Uh, I don't yeah, know what good. your life is like. Maybe just be be smart about it. Don't worry. Be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I heard it's uh, human meat super close to pigs. Uh-huh. Maybe you just buy some pork chops. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. But I hope you guys enjoyed. We will be back next week with a hot new episode, as we always are. And have a fantastic week, guys. It's true. Yeah, follow us on all the shit. It's Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and YouTube. And we're also on all the listening platforms you're listening right now. There's a Patreon link below, and you can do that. You can do that. You can. You can do that, because we are starting a cult that's great. I'm Jake, and Mitch is here. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bananas.